Good morning, everyone. I am so happy to be here with you this morning. Well, I am now. I mean, much earlier on this morning when my alarm went off, I was less happy. Uh, shortly after that, when I remembered that it was like a get out of pajamas and into grown up clothing day, wasn't as happy then. Um, on the drive here, when the car started making like a mystery noise, uh huh, yeah, happiness not high, <laughs> um, but, but I'm here now. And I've had a minute for my tea to kick in. So like the caffeine is like, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to be here with you all today. And I'm talking today about how to love a church. And I just feel like maybe let's take a step back and talk about why to love a church. Why do we gather here as communities of people or in our various locations? When the alarm goes off on a Sunday, the high holy day of brunch and sleeping in, when the alarm goes off, why don't we just turn it off and roll back over? Why do we choose to put on grown-up adult clothing and go out and interact with other people? Or why do we choose to turn on whatever technology we are using to be in the Zoom room today instead of, again, just the, the pillow is right there. You could just put your head under it and get another hour or so. And a little bit, you know, I, the, the hint to the answer to the question uh, is in the reading that we just heard, right? One of the reasons why we choose to gather together in spaces like this, in our congregations, in our churches, in our fellowships, is because we have recognized that we are better, stronger communities when we care for and about each other. When we have been facing the challenges of life, we might choose to reach out to other people who can support us through that. When we are people who are loving and compassionate, which I know that we all are, right? Like I took a survey as I came in, everyone said yes. <laughs> We care enough to notice that other people are going through the challenges of life. And that's a big part of why we come together in spaces like this. And you know what, um, particularly as Unitarian Universalists, there's another reason why we choose to gather like this, why we love a church. Um, and that is because these are spaces where we can bring the big questions, right? And, and I don't just mean the big questions that, that get up itching in your brain. Those are really big questions and we love to talk about them. One of our favorite things to do as you use. 
But I also mean the big, the big questions that, that settle on the chest, that, that, that we have come to a space where something we had assumed about who we are or what the world is like has overturned those assumptions. And we've had to recalibrate our understanding of life. We've, we've been surprised by joy, or more often, we've been disappointed. We've experienced deep, deep loss and pain. And the situation is, uh, folks, I'm a poet. So some of what I want to share with you today is in the form of poetry, and I hope that's okay. When I was experiencing one of those situations where everything I assumed to be true about the world was overturned, uh, what I needed was people who could, with courage, wrestle with those questions with me. And that, I think, is one of the reasons why we gather in this way. Maybe. You're not convinced. I'll keep going. And I wrote a poem about that experience for me, and maybe it's something that you have been through as well. This is titled Parterre. Um, you all look like huge wrestling fans. <laughs> Me too, obviously. Um, in the world of wrestling, parterre is a penalty that the referee may pass out when one or both participants are showing excessive passivity. If they're not engaging fully in the, in the match. Don't just sit there, do something. Precede me. Show me you have been here. Show me that you too have sent the very best of yourself ahead, casting your entire body of work into the pit, hoping to assuage the wrath of an angry God, only to find yourself here with your face pressed into these rocks, mouth full of dust. Fight with me. Show me that this has meaning. Do not abandon me in the dirt, arms flailing, voice wailing, words railing alone. Square up against me if you must, or better yet, align your spine against mine, bone to bone, fists clenched, chin set, muscles tense, so that back to back we can face the monsters of this night. Curse with me. Show me I can blaspheme. Paint speech bubbles in the sky and invite me to belch into them the bleakest and brightest of all my doubts. Throw sand into this fire as I exhale it, as I twist it, as the granules melt and bubble until these words fall as marbles at our feet. And this, above all else, this, be with me. Embody the presence with your flesh, the pneuma with your breath. While the caravan of my treasures proceeds ahead, a serpentine river of fool's gold promises, be the reassurance that without all that, I alone am something of worth. And don't 
do not, or do not leave me until I get the blessing. If you love me, oh, if you love me, don't just do something, sit here. When we engage in that work of wrestling together, that's what I might call a liminal moment where humanity encounters something divine, something holy. And it's one reason that many of us may choose to gather in spaces like this. It's where we do our meaning making in a world where so often we have these experiences that invite us to think everything is meaningless. And I feel like there's another reason why we gather in these spaces. And maybe this is one of the reasons why you choose to love a church. And that is, folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but there exists in this world with us humans and movements of humans that want to bury us. That don't want us to have the ability to think fully with our creativity, to imagine a different kind of world, that don't want us to have the ability to make decisions about our own bodies, that don't want us to be able to live into the fullness of who we are and who we are coming to be. And in particular, these people right now have come for our trans siblings. So one of the reasons why we might choose to love a church is because we belong to an organization that says no to that. That says we do not accept that. That says we appreciate you in the fullness of who you are in all of the ways that you are affirming that for yourself. And we will side with you against anyone who might come for you. When I began, I said, belief is no small matter. And that is what I mean. There is nothing small about being a community that has the audacity to love like that. Fiercely, defensively, and when needed to take the offense against anyone that would try to come for one of our people. And, and I'm aware in any of the spaces that I go to, that there very likely is among us someone who has received that harm within spaces like this one, often spoken from 
pulpits like that one that religious and spiritual abuse plays a part in the demeaning of people based on race, on sexuality, on gender, on class, on ability, on whether they are fat or thin. And I just want to share this next poem just in case there is one person here who has heard that kind of harmful message from a pulpit like this one. So as I go into sharing it, could you imagine for a moment that you're in your local thrift store, okay? I feel like you've probably got one in Kalamazoo, right? Okay, so you're at the back of the store and then at the back of the back of the store and then you're where they keep the bargain bins of the thrift store. You know, the bargain bin of like Myers or whatever. That's one thing, but the bargain bin at the thrift store, right? And then you've reached down to the bottom of the bargain bin at the thrift store, at the back of the back of the store. And you've put your hand around something and you've pulled it up. And as you pull it up, you see, you realize, you appreciate this is something that you had a hand in the making of. Maybe it's a, it's a scarf that you knit or a hat that you crocheted, uh, something that you crafted in your woodshed, right? And somewhere along the path of its life, it is not in the same condition that it was when you poured all of that love into it. So as I share this, if you could imagine yourself in that space, in that situation, and I want to share also that this poem has uh, a title that is a word that has been directed at me and that it may be one that has been directed at you. And I hope that as we travel through it, you might find a different appreciation for the word. This is called Abomination. Who has unraveled you? Who has snipped and ripped at your intricate strands until the very fibers of your being hang like cobwebs across the chasm between the lies you have been told and the truth of who you are? Who slipped loose the yarn? Who has dropped all these stitches? Who undid all my good work? Who hung you out to dry beneath the merciless heat of an oppressive sun until the vibrant brightness and the rich depths of the spectacular spectrum I gave you have faded and grayed into the muted pallor of an overwashed sock? Who stripped out the colors? Who has denied you the promise of my rainbow? Who has soiled you? Who ground into your soul the filthy fallacy that I made you wrong so ruthlessly that you have begun to settle limply into this matted, besmirched state of existing? Who slung the mud? Who wrote your name in dirt? Who infringed upon my trademark? 
Who has discarded you? Who has removed you from the honoured place of display, slipping you farther and further back into the shadowed corners of the closet? Who discounted your worth? Who miscalculated your value? Who diminished my treasure? Who has done this abominable thing to my good and perfect creation? Show Mama who did this to you. I will sort them out. Friends, one of the reasons why we might choose to love a church and to gather in all of the ways that we do is because it is the opportunity, the invitation to see, to apprehend, to realize the worth and dignity within each of us and to be a place where we can bring our wounds for healing where we can untell those lies, where we can share messages of truth uh, and, and sing a different song to and about each other in a world that wants to kill us, in a world that wants to put us in the bottom of the bargain bin at the back of the back of the thrift store. One of the reasons why we who have been hurt deeply in places like this, one of the reasons why we still keep coming back is because of the hope that someone will understand us to be the treasure that we are in the fullness of who we are and who we are coming to be. So those are some reasons why you might love a church. And I will now spend the next 20 to 35 minutes preaching about how to love a church. Little, a little laughter there. You all understood I was trying to make a joke. <laughs> it is my deep and fervent hope that I go home from here and that you go home from here thinking I learned nothing today on this topic. That you travel back to your places thinking I didn't need to learn how to love a church because I already know how to love a church. And from what I have witnessed this morning, I have a really good sense that that is so. But just in case any of you needed a reminder, the ways that we love a church are the ways that we love each other for who we are and who we are as a community for what we bring for the gifts we have to offer. We love a church by having the table at the back for the children and for the young at heart to draw on. 
We love a church for the talent show that invites us to bring something surprising and wonderful. That's, that's how we love a church, right? You know, I'm telling you, you already know how to do this. Everyone gets gold stars because you already know how to do it. But just in case, just in case you needed a reminder, I'm going to finish with this last poem, which is uh, titled, surprisingly, this is a plot twist, everyone. Uh, it's titled, How to Love a Church. <laughs> I feel I like prepared you for how surprising that was be, going to be. <laughs> Wash your cup after coffee hour. Greet a guest, join the choir, teach the children. Agree to serve on a committee. Bring your talents, bring your energy, bring your enthusiasm, put your money in the plate, show up for services, Show up. Show up not because the doors are open, but because the invitation is open to bring your whole self to the gathering of selves and dare to be challenged, informed, inspired, to be the one who challenges, informs, inspires, to be the presence that only you can bring to the beloved community in the tradition of the spirit of love. And love. Do the hard stuff. Stay in the room with the crying baby, with the adult who glares at the crying baby, with that person who gets on your last nerve. Love the whole congregation. Stay in the conversation even when you disagree, especially when you disagree. Stay because you disagree and leave. Because love can mean knowing when to wipe the dust and go, when to say no. And know within yourself when you've been wrong, when being strong feels more like bending, like picking up the threads and mending, like finding new instead of ending, and tending things you find surprising, and find to your surprise that all the ways to love a church are the same as all the ways to love yourself. Greet a guest and show up. You ready for the glow up? You might even need to grow up. Proclaim your no and sew up and wash your own damn cup. Amen.